If anybody's ever heard that inches don't matter, that's a lie. And Oklahoma State fans know precisely what it feels like to end up just inches short. But we have what it takes for that not to happen again. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We are available, of course, you know, on every single podcasting platform, as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at Aldeo State. I want to thank you very much for stopping in today. To make this your first listen, you could be anywhere. I love that you are, in fact, here. All right. So we all know that when you think about some of the greatest running backs in the history of Oklahoma State, obviously Barry Sanders is going to be thought of. Thurman Thomas is going to be thought of. You could even reach back and think of a a David Thompson or or a Kendall Hunter or a Chuba Hubbard or a Jalen Warren and uh, even Justice Hill, right? And, And all of these guys had phenomenal numbers, but some of them did it with not very good offensive lines. We have talked about this O-line being different. This O-line finally having a two deep all the way across the board. So let's talk a little bit about what that means. What what are we seeing right now in the two deep, and what do we think that it'll end up meaning by the, the, the time the season rolls around? So I want to take this back. I think this is the best O-line we've had in at least six, seven years. But I think we can easily trace back to, so let's say, 2018, 2019. 2018, we averaged uh, 4.3 yards a carry with Justice Hill and, and Chuba Hubbard. Fast forward to 2019. Everybody remembers 2019. That was Chuba Hubbard's big-time breakout season. That was the year that Chuba Hubbard decided to go on ahead and rush for uh, to 2,094 yards. So you can probably guess that in doing that, we rushed for over 4.8 yards of carry. We rushed for 5.3 yards of carry in just 2019. Guys, we averaged 229 yards rushing a game. If we can even get close, if we can even get close to that level of production, the season is going to be amazing. And I I don't see why we can't. I don't see why we cannot get to that level. Because, yeah, Chuba Hubbard rushed for 2,000 yards. But, you know, L.D. Brown was always having some injuries here and there. So it's not, not exactly like he was a very reliable source. DeAndre Glass was very, very young. We used Desmond Jackson a decent amount. Not not really, you know, an integral part of the running game. And when you think of that offensive line, Hunter Anthony didn't end up staying, right? That was when Cole Birmingham was a baby face freshman. Bryce Bray, big time get, or at least we thought from Bixby, Oklahoma. Now is it Tulsa? 
Dylan Galloway played a little bit. Matt Hembro started getting his feet wet. Dev, Tevin Jenkins had figured it out. He's a junior now, and you know we know what he's doing right now in the NFL. Marcus Keys was a pretty decent uh, offensive lineman. Joe Mikulski and Taylor Materko were just getting onto campus, as was Jake Springfield. But Tyrese Williams played a decent amount. Bryce Schneider played. Johnny Wilson was an absolute beast. Preston Wilson was a baby face. And then uh, Hunter Woodard ended up, you know, betraying us as well. And he was there. So when you look at this offensive line, right, and right now, Dalton Cooper is running with the twos. Now, he's he's working in and getting some work, obviously, with the ones. The, the objective and the idea is for him to be there or we wouldn't have brought him in. This is a guy who had 1,368 snaps, only giving up uh, seven sacks. Those numbers are crazy. He cannot seem to stay entirely healthy, which is why Cole Birmingham right now is getting a lot of PT at left tackle. I'm fine with it because word is he looks really, really good there. He does. We know what kind of a scoring system that Jason Queso Brooks is able to spit out. If he can cut out the penalties and you know get rid of those type of mistakes, we're good to go there. He's definitely going to be the left guard right now. He's earned it. He deserved it. And we're, we're seeing the fruits of the labor that he's put in the offseason. Got to give shout out to Joe Bukulski. We just brought up how he was on that 2019 line where Tuba Hubbard and the, the running back crew was able to put up 5.3 yards carry and 229 yards a game. This is his, and he sees that moment. Jacoby Sanders is pushing for PT at the center spot. So not only is it good to see that, you know, he's taken that spot, but to have Austin Kwecki go from tackle to center and secure that spot as the number two guy, it gives Jacoby Sanders a little bit of time to use that frame to his advantage while he learns a little bit more about the game. Whenever you're thinking about right guard, Preston Wilson, the leader, the unquestioned dude that you know you need in the trenches to help. He's going to help be able to pass off with some of the calls with Mikulski. That's one of the beauties of having Preston Wilson right there at the the, the right guard spot. Uh, And then again, so we did bring up tackle, and it is going to be interesting to see kind of how they maneuver that this year. With Cole Birmingham looking as good as he is, this is taking nothing away from Jake Springfield on the other side. We already talked, Jake Springfield probably going to be beyond serviceable. He's probably not going to give up more more sacks, 12, 13, than Caleb Etienne. Definitely not. But if Dalton Cooper can stay healthy, he missed a lot of spring, which is why he's kind of working in with the twos. I expect him to kind of take that job, and then I expect Cole Birmingham to shift over. And that also means that it allows Jake Springfield to be a little bit you know, maneuverable. Uh, when you're talking about that other guard spot, right, that's where it could get kind of interesting. Jake Henry has been putting in the work. He's been putting in the time. Could this be his 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 big opportunity? Who knows? Jack and Dean, we know he's pushing legitimately for some tackle spot. Calvin Harvey looks pretty daggone good. The six foot eight, three hundred and fifty pound tackle. You know, he he's he's serviceable. He's beyond serviceable. I think Noah McKinney, I would expect him to probably be that other guard, to probably be that backup guard, but Davis Dotson has something to say about it for sure. We just were right there, able to go through the one and the two deep. 
this is a benefit that we have that we haven't had in quite some time. Jared Henry is going to be able to, to kind of, you know, grow into a nice role. I think Evan Bax actually will be able to contribute. It, it, it's just you know, a matter of time. Noah McKinney, of course, David Dotson. Uh, I think Gage Stanland for a freshman, he offers some things that are very, very beneficial to the room. And Austin Kweki's versatility is huge. If you can go eight, nine, ten deep, and this is something that Gunny's had conversations about, you know, it, it would be nice if we could get to that point. Well, hello, we have arrived. We are at that point right here, right now. And this is going to help with some of the quarterback development. This is going to help statistically in the quarterback room, which is definitely what we're going to get to next. But at first, we got to talk about sponsor for today, which is LinkedIn. Guys, we all know that right now it's a crapshoot, right? When you're trying to find the right hire, you need to make sure you're 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs right now. They're going to help you find the right team for your, the right fit for your team, and they're going to help you do it a lot faster. Whenever you go, it's really easy to create the jobs. Uh, whenever you do that, you can just Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. They got super, super simple tools that you can use and screening questions to make everything simplistic. This is all why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus all of the leading candidates. So LinkedIn.com slash College. Go there now. Again, that is LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Go there now to post your job for free. Of course, you know, terms and conditions obviously going to apply. All right. So here we get to jump into the, the next little segment here. Alan Bowman's the guy. We, we brought him in to be the guy. Had the same conversation you can have about Dalton Cooper, but the same exact things going, going on. Cole Birmingham's been good enough at tackle to give us a little bit of security, to give a little bit of, of an ability to breathe easier. It's the same thing at quarterback. When you have Alan Bowman coming in like he did, learning the offense the way that he has such so quickly, him being used to this style of, of, of system, going from under center to shotgun back and forth, that's going to take a little bit of getting used to. That's not something that Garrett Rangel did. That's not something Zane Flores did. Gunner Gunny did a little bit, but barely any. So the only guy on the team that's very familiar with the system that we're going to be running now is the guy that's likely to be under center. But this is the gauntlet of a conference. Garrett Rangel needs to be ready, and all signs indicate that he is. If we had to go with Garrett Rangel right here, right now, I don't think that there's a huge, huge difference, right? But one game... One to two games differentiation whenever you're trying to chase for something like a title, that is important. That is a big deal. But last year, we didn't have a fallback. Last year, it was Spencer Sanders, and, and Spencer Sanders was also the proper running back. At least that's the way it was designed. That's the, the way that we, we put it out there for everybody to see. After Spencer Sanders... We had, we had some problems. Now, if we would have been able to keep Shane Ellingworth, maybe a different story. We all liked what we saw out of Shane when he was young. Didn't really do anything whenever he went over to Nevada, so maybe it wasn't going to work out. But nonetheless, 
it put us in a position to have to play Garrett Rangel too early, have to play Gunnar Gundy too, too early. I think Gunnar Gundy was likely the guy that we should have went with when available last season. Guys, Gunnar Gundy is way better than people realize. I know you've heard me say it, so I don't need to beat this dead horse, but he's not bad. Gunnar Gundy's a Division One quarterback. Is he a Division One at quite this level? All right. Don't know. But if we have some issues like we did last season, and God forbid Alan Bowman has some injuries, which has been his Achilles heel his entire time in college. When he's healthy and he's ready to rock and roll, we know what he can do. We've all seen it. Everybody in the country has seen it. He's the only quarterback right now in the Big 12 that's a Big 12 quarterback that's thrown for over 600 yards in a game. That's that's something. Alan Bowman does offer a lot. That's why Alan Bowman's the guy. But unlike last season, if we got to go to Garrett Rangel, okay, sweet. It's primarily because of this line. And again, we went through some of the 2018-2019 offensive linemen compared to some of the guys now. When you talk about this, other than your Tevin Jenkins, I really, I, I just, I don't understand why people can be down. Now, have we shown everything we can do on the O-line? Probably not. We're about to. And then you have Elijah Collins, who almost had 1,000 yards at Michigan State. Ollie Gordon is a certified guy, and he looked great the other day. It's nice to see, you know, Nick Martin getting as much pub as he is, getting as much PT as he is, making big, big, big hits. We're, we're having some of the guys in the defense get pretty used to interceptions right now. Not that there's an overabundance of them, but you're seeing guys just get it. Just, they understand it quicker. They're getting to the ball quicker. They're getting the spots quicker. They're deceiving the wide receivers. The wide receivers trying to set down in the zone and trying to cheat a little bit to one side or the other. The linebackers are making them pay. The safeties are drawing wide receivers in to kind of help manipulate the routes that they need them to run, to put them on the lines that they need them to be on to pass it off to the other the other guys. Spacing's important. Eye discipline's important. But in order to make it all work, you got to have the athleticism to pull it off. We do. It's a track meet out there. We talked about already how the linebackers have been a, a big, big, big surprise. Not that they weren't going to be good, but we've got some depth behind the good. It's not just Nick Martin. It can also be a Gabe Brown. It can also be a Donovan Stevens. Same with safety. Guys, I'm fired up. I'm pumped up. I know you can see it. I know you're starting to feel it. Make sure that you hammer the over and do it before people start to realize what is cooking in Stillwater. It's just, it's amazing to think that not too long ago, the Big 12 was in a precarious position. Now the Big 12's in a position of strength. We know that it's big. For whomever capitalizes this year. 
This is a big time for Gundy. This is a big moment for Gundy. I think that we're going to be in pretty good hands. But you never know. You never know these days. You never know anymore. All right. So the last thing we, we, we probably need to hit on here is the coaches poll. Now, it's not a big surprise. We're not on it. I don't think anybody's going to be hooting and hollering that we're not we're not in this one. Yes, it does matter. It's a little bit blown out of proportion this early on, of course. But if you start in the top 25 right away and you don't you don't lose, you're naturally going to climb pretty daggone quick. If you start in the top 15 and you got a cupcake schedule for the first six, seven weeks of the season, you're going to have an opportunity to creep in the top seven, top six, top five. And if you do that, if you're in the top five and then you drop a game, you know, against another ranked team, you don't move as much. So, again, it does matter. The preseason, these rankings right here, they're slightly insignificant in the broad scheme of things. And you do see teams that come outside of the top 25 every single year. Okay, so, again, I'm not I'm not trying to blow it out of proportion, but I just – I hate the, the idea of when people say it doesn't matter at all. It does. It gives you an easier road to to stay ranked if you start that way. It, it's just, it's a fact of life. All right, so guess who is number one? Of course, it's going to be Georgia. Thank you, USA Today. There's going to be some surprises, right? Well, Michigan's number two. I don't know that that's that big of a surprise. Uh, even another reason for Alan Bowman to have another storyline, not just the Texas Tech thing, even though we don't play them. You know, it would have been cool. Maybe Texas Tech goes on a crazy run, and it's us uh, versus uh, the the Reckham Taco Tech Red Raiders in Arlington. You, you, you never know. Uh, Bama at three, not a big surprise there. Ohio State at four. Okay, I buy it. LSU at five. I, I'm not as high um, on LSU, but... Okay, I can see it. USC at six. Mm-mm, no, dumb. Penn State at seven. I can, I can go, I can, I can live in that range there. Florida State, eight. No, 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 no. I like Norvell. I, I'm just not, I'm not buying this much. If anything, if you want to sell me on Florida State, okay, cool. Flop them with Clemson here. I, I can get down with that just a little bit. I do know that, you know, DJ, you, you, young, is gone, but they were big on, on the backup anyways, right? He's the, the future. It was a Kate Klubinek. Um, let's see. Then you got uh, Tennessee at 10, Tennessee at 10. Yeah, all right, I can buy that. Washington, 11, mm-mm, nope, wouldn't do it. Texas, 12, no, too high. They, didn't, they haven't done anything. Make them earn something sometime, somewhere. See, this is what I'm talking about. Texas likely is going to, you know, they get this 12 spot. They're not going to have to do very much whatsoever to, 
hop in the top 10. Clearly, people are going to be wanting and waiting and wishing for the time that they can do so. This is why these rankings do, in fact, matter even early, because you get stupid, ridiculous stuff like this, which gives Texas some buffer for their bull honky. It does. Notre Dame at 13. I put them above Washington and Texas all day, every day. Utah, as much shade as I like to throw at their fan base because they don't know how to talk. I put Utah above Washington for sure, above Texas for sure. I probably put them above Notre Dame for sure. Uh, Oregon right there, 15. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I put Oregon above Washington. I put Oregon above Texas. I don't know if I'd put Oregon above Notre Dame. Yeah, that, 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 that would get a little dicey for me. TCU at 16. Uh, okay, I, I can live with that. It's almost like this is lazy, right? Because they put two conference mates back-to-back quite a bit. Because uh, right here, you see it again. You got TCU at 16. I can live with it. They're not going to fall back as far as some people are trying to put out there. K-State, 17. Yes, but I'm cool with that. Could they be a little bit higher? Sure. But it's Big 12 country. We got to earn it. I can get that too. Oregon State at 18. I'm, I think it's cool that they're, that they're not, not bad. Um, and, and they do play in a conference that's going to afford them at least some games that are guaranteed Ws. So I don't hate it per se. I find it funny them being above OU. Should OU even be on this list after their season last year? Probably not. Honestly, you can't you can't just chalk up recruiting to automatic thrown on the rankings, but they do it with Texas, so I guess why not do it with OU? North Carolina, 20, cool with that. Wisconsin, 21, cool with that. Uh, Ole Miss, 22, yeah, I can get down with that. Tulane, 23, I can get down with that too. Texas, Taco, Reckham, Tech at 24. Yes, baby, I'd even put them higher. I, I think Texas Tech could probably swing in that 20 range for me. Pretty, pretty easily. Texas A&M at 25. Um, nope. Don't see it. Don't agree with it. Kind of dumb. You got uh, Baylor just just kind of falling out there of the top 30 at number 33. Our Oklahoma State Cowboys with 12 votes got number 43 in America. South Alabama is number 46 in the country. And I think that's probably pretty accurate for them. It's probably pretty fair they're going to be good they're loaded with d1 talent don't think they could beat us but it'll be it'll be a game houston number 53 byu 54 ku number 57 and that kind of uh, lines it out you don't see a lot of you know big 12 flavor up top you do see your traditional OU and Texas stuff just because it has to be there. It's like a cardinal sin to not not do it, so it just gets done that away. Whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. But all righty, y'all. I think that's all we're gonna have for this one. We're gonna wrap it up in a bow here. You know, I love you. Thank you for stopping by because you could be anywhere. I love that you choose to be here. Go Pokes. All right, y'all. We're going to keep it simple. That's all we got for this one. Appreciate you. Later, taters.